0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Boutosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. And get ready to receive a word from God.
1: I haven't talked to you guys much. How are we doing? It's good to see you. So I have not met half y'all, so um, love you. It's good to meet you. Marcus, all right. Um, there's so many new people. This is great. Um, but I love this church, Um. And I love what God's doing here. I do. See, what I say. Remember, worship gets you out of yourself. You get yourself in trouble. Some of, thank you, it's taking my water. Some of y'all are getting yourself in trouble. Why? Because you're keeping your eyes focused on yourself. But He said, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all of your ways. Acknowledge who, Him, and He shall direct your paths." Did you know that worship is acknowledgement? I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In other words, quit trying to figure it out. You're getting in the way of yourself. That's why you need to worship, because it gets you out of yourself. Worship is acknowledgement. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That is good news. We gotta learn to start acknowledging God, and how do we do that? We gotta worship. He said, I'm not a musician, so this is not a call to worship leaders. This is not a call to artists. This is not a call to people who have a singing voice. The Bible's very clear. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He don't care about your sound. You do. Right? And the only reason you need to have a good sound is if you're going to lead up here. Because there are only people up here that can't sing. Because that's weird and distracting and awkward. Right? Yeah. You know, you are good. You are good. You know, sound like a drunk sailor or something. You know, I don't know. And so stay in the seat. That's beautiful to the Lord. Right. But don't put a mic in your hand. Why am I saying this? Because this is not a call to musicians. This is a call to believers. This is anybody believers in here? Any believers in here? Come on. Anybody said that if it wasn't for the Lord, where would I be? Come on. Anyone that says if it was not for God, I've been bought. I've been bought with the price. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm a son of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. You qualify for this verse. You got to acknowledge God and how you do it is with your voice. Bam. All right. Psalms 34, one through three. Be okay? This floor is so slick. I really hope I don't fall. You'll catch me. Psalms 34, one through three. This is a really cute verse. We should hang it on our fridge. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. These are, this is the Christian T-shirt stuff, right? My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. It's a coffee mug verse, right? I'm being sarcastic on purpose because you don't even realize where that verse came from. It sounds cute and it is cute and it sounds catchy. It is catchy. That's a bumper sticker, right? Oh, magnify, you know, all this. But do you understand where this verse came from? It did not come from a glorious time sipping coffee on the back porch. This verse did not come out of a moment. for This is from David, by the way. Um, This verse from David did not come out of a moment when he was sitting on the throne and really attractive women were feeding him grapes and fanning him. This did not happen. This is not the time when David was sitting on the throne and everyone was saying, David, you're awesome. Oh, the king of Israel, you know. And this is not a time when everyone was just like, oh, David, David, he's our man. If David can't do it, no one can. This is not a moment for David. You know what? Actually, this is a really frustrating, distressing time for David. So that's why you got to read the Bible in context and find out where this stuff comes from. Yeah. All right, so let me give you a little backstory about David because I'm going to give you a paraphrase of where this came. This is a paraphrase, so don't feel like you have to write this down. Just listen. I think paraphrase is important, right? You know, we know David, right, was first anointed, right? I'm sorry, he was first being found faithful as a shepherd boy. He was first found what? <laughs> faithful. Very important. David was first being faithful as a shepherd boy. He was anointed by Samuel to be king. We know this in this. It was anywhere between 8 and 17 years old. The Bible doesn't say, but between 8 and 17 years old, he was anointed king. You know, he was the eighth child, and they all came, and they anointed him, right? And then David, from there, David was on assignment from Jesse. Jesse, his father, sent him to the battlefield to check on his sons. And then in the moment of serving, David hears about Goliath. Pretty powerful moment. We all read about David and Goliath, right? Awesome, awesome, awesome. David kills him. Everyone's like, yeah. He's our man. Immediately, Saul takes notice of him, right? Saul's like, wait a minute, who's this dude? I need him on my team. You know, because everyone was scared. Little young David kills Goliath. Saul wouldn't go out there. And so Saul's like, hmm, I'm going to use this kid, right? So, he be- so David begins to serve Saul, and immediately Saul begins jealous, right? And this is where he gets really crazy for David. And then from there, Saul was on a mission to kill him. He made it very difficult to live together. He was throwing spears at him. He was angry because he was jealous because of the call of God on his life, because Saul forfeited the kingdom because of his actions, and he knew that the hand of God had left Saul. Actually, the hand of God is now on David. He got jealous. The Bible said he got a mad eye towards him. I don't know what that is, but that sounds really crazy. He got a mad eye towards him, and he began to keep his eye on him, and he was trying to, trying to kill David, and he was trying to control. But you can't control what God has blessed. Some of y'all need to say that to your family. Excuse me, you cannot control what God has blessed. I'm sorry, if God be for me, who can be against me? All right, so you need to say that, in love. You know, not to your parents, kids, you know, but. (laughs) You can't control what God has blessed. You can't control what God has blessed. I don't care where you came from. If God is inside you, you are of a new family. Red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. I don't care where you came from. I don't care if you came from a poor family, a rich family. Skinny family, fat family—I don't know. And you came from any family. All I'm here to tell you this morning is that when you accept Jesus Christ, you become an heir of Christ, and you come into the kingdom of God. And you've got a new daddy. You've got a new bloodline. You have a new identity. You know, I got my my father. Oh, we're talking about your father. Talk about your heavenly father. Well, you know, alcohol just runs in my family. It doesn't run in my family. Don't run in God's family. Well, you know, cancer seems to run in my parents' family. Well, thank God, I'm not of my parents' family. I'm of the family of God. That's so what I'm talking about. Can't control what God has blessed. So David, and then it got so crazy that David had to leave. Him and Jonathan became best friends, right? And Saul became so psychotic, literally. I mean, trying to trying to murder him. It's not normal. He became so psychotic, probably influenced by a demon, because we know he had, he had torment and spirits later. I mean, the way he was acting was not normal. I mean, when you try to kill someone, it's like Netflix documentary stuff. You're like, "This guy's crazy," you know. He became so psychotic that David could not be there anymore. He's like, "I gotta go," and he left. The future king of Israel is on the run. This is not a peaceful time for David. He's on the run, and here he's as he's on the run. He, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, but he's he's literally going from place to place. He goes here, he goes there. He's, he's hiding from Paul Saul because Saul is, literally has an army that is chasing him down and looking for him. He's hiding through the woods, hiding in caves. He's, he's literally, you know, probably doesn't even know where he's going, but he's having to get away from this crazy guy. He ends up here in verse 22. Then David left Gath and escaped to a cave. Wow, that's a glorious place, isn't it? Turn my phone off me Shut up. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. He escaped. That does not sound pretty. He escaped. He didn't say he, he trotted. He escaped. He escaped. understand what's happening. He is literally running from his for his life from a psychotic king who has much power, who's killing people who's talked to David? because David, King Saul was behind him and they found that, 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 uh, the, uh was a knob, that the priest gave him a sword and he got very upset with that and killed his whole family. I mean, this is pretty intense stuff. And David is running, escaping for his life. And David escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his sisters in the household heard about it, they went down to him there. Verse 2, and all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him. Wow, what a dream team, right? And he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. And it was around this time that Psalms 34 was written. Let's read it again. Now we got context. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. This did not seem like a good moment to lift your voice. This actually seemed like a moment to freak out. But can I encourage you? Just because you have a moment to freak out doesn't mean you have to. So he said, he said, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Verse three, I love this. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Here we have the future king of Israel in a cave and he writes a song. When's the last time you wrote a song? He's in a cave, man. I love verse two because he says, verse Psalms 34, verse two, he says, I will boast only. He said, I will boast only in the Lord. How many times do we boast about everything else but him? How many times do we boast about our situation we're going through? Come on. How many times do we boast about the doctor's report? Come on. How many times do we boast about our financial uh, situation? How many times do we boast about what everyone else is talking about in our history and all these things that what she said, she said, all this crap. How many times are we boasting about that when we should start just boasting about who he is, that his name is high and exalted above every name, that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and that he's a good, good father. And that if God be for me, who could be against me? He chose to boast only about the name of God. He chose to boast about God. Woo, we got to boast about what God said, not about your situation. This is not a year to boast about your situation. This is a year to boast about God. I know what they said, but what did God say? I spent many times with many people on their deathbed, literally, and they're dying from a disease. And I said, what did God say? And sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. And it's not God's fault because sometimes we get our eyes on what they said and we get our eyes off what God said. God can still do this. I don't care if you die. God can raise you from the dead because he's a miracle working God. And the Bible says that with long life, he will satisfy us and show us his salvation. And so you're too young to die. Are you, are you and I've asked, them, do you want to die? Are you ready to go? No. Do you still have purpose? Then come on, God can use that. That's why you need to know your purpose. Your purpose will keep you on the life, on your, on, 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 in, in the earth. When you know your purpose, COVID can't take you out. When you know your purpose, Things can't take you. I don't care if the plane is crashing. God will send an angel to say, here you go, boom. I'm telling you, when you know your purpose and when you're serving your purpose, I'm not going to die until I'm at least 100. I know this because the Bible says a long life. He was satisfy. You said, that sounds arrogant. No, the Bible says, teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And the Bible says with long life, he'll satisfy. And I want to live to 100. Now if the Lord says at 80, bro, you're done. Fine. But if he's allowing me to live longer, if my purpose is not done, I want to be old. And some of y'all, the devil's been lying to you in fear. Listen, this is prophetic. Some of you, the devil's been lying to you and putting fear on you about your health. Now, yes, you need to do the things that you need to do. This is not saying you can eat how you want, live how you want. Do what, I mean, you got to get healthy. Half the things we're dealing with, it's not the devil, it's your appetite. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just, let me just not speak truth. The devil's not in your wallet. It's called Amazon. <laughs> I'm just so bad with finances. Stop buying crap on Amazon. You don't need. You've already got four diffusers. You don't need five. <laughs> but it's so pretty. I know. I know. Don't go to Target. I know Chip and Joanna He's got the most greatest selection. But you got to say Chip and Joanna is get the behind me, Satan. I don't need another farmhouse table in my house. I don't need another cute farmhouse photo that says live, laugh, and love. I don't need it. I don't need it. Serious. The devil's on me. No, it's your wallet. It's your lack of self-control. It's your disorganization. Oh, I just can't get ahead. Get out of bed early in the morning. Quit watching TV. I don't really watch TV. We don't even have a TV. We live out in the woods. We're crazy. We live out in a tiny home out in the woods. I'm a chicken farm. I got scratches all over me because I tried to build a chicken coop yesterday, right? But why? Because I'm trying to get our family outside of the norm. I'm not against TV. I'm not against these things. But have this stuff, it's, it, it's robbing conversations with your kids. It's robbing creativity. If you're full of the purpose of God, Netflix and Amazon will bore you. I'm not saying you can't have family movie nights. Sure. But how, how much time do we waste on this stuff? And God is saying, I got a purpose for you. When you going to start that business? Where are my creatives at? Where's my business owners? Who has not started a business and you know you should? Raise your hand. It's about dang time. If God is saying to do it, why are you waiting? It's never a op- great opportunity to sometimes to follow God. I'm just waiting until the right moment. You will wait till you die. Yeah, I'm just gonna wait till the right moment to have kids. Never will happen. <laughs> you know, just do it, literally, and have kids. All right. Hey, it's okay. As long as you're married and you got a ring, that's important. Okay, that's important. You got to be holy because God will bless holiness. Okay, so my wife and I both married. We were virgins when we got married. Hallelujah. Um, not because we didn't have opportunity, but because we chose to wait. Amen. Um, I know she was fighting this all the time, but I was like, baby, I was like, girl, you got to chill out. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but you got to wait. Get, get your hands off my shirt. No, I'm kidding. Did not happen. That did not happen. That was actually the other way around. It really was. It's true. It's true, but we waited. It was difficult, but we waited because God will bless that. Amen. And I don't I don't regret that. You know, all, a lot of, you know, and now if you if you have failed there, this is not a condemnation series. You can just say, Father, repent and he can restore. Um, but I am saying for those who haven't wait, it's a blessing. Amen. And uh, there's something powerful. We're not talking about marriage. So you guys chill out. We're coming back. All right. So Psalms 34 too, he chose only to boast about the Lord. I love this. So here's the thing. Some of you all boasted about the wrong things. So some of you, are, and I, I said this here and I got ahead of myself, but fear. Some of you are allowing the devil to speak to you about fear over your health. You need to speak to that. The Bible says he's not giving us a spirit of, you notice it's a spirit? Fear is not an emotion. Fear is a spirit. Why do you think Hollywood can produce some fantastic, I say fantastic, not that I support them because I don't watch that junk, but I'm saying they can make really good films and horror films and people flock to that. It's a spirit, y'all. It ain't ain't an emotion. That's why you watch that stuff and then you have a hard time sleeping, you walk to your house like this. You know, you're like, you know, you know, you know, you're like, shut the door, look, you know, and you you know, all that stuff. You know how it goes. I've been there. It's a, it's a spirit. But, but seriously, some of y'all, I'm just going to sit for a minute. Some of y'all need to speak to that spirit. And I'm very serious because the devil is trying to get you in fear about your health. Listen to me. This is the Lord speaking to you. He's trying to get you in fear about your health. And what you need to do is speak the word. The Bible says, take every thought captive and line it up to the obedience of Christ. That means when the devil throws that thought, you need to grab that and say, no, I'm not going to let it hang out. I love Pastor Earl. He had a serious called You're the warden of your mind, which means you are control of your mind. The devil will throw fiery darts. And when that fearful thought comes in, you can't just let it run around and hang out and just play in your mind because it'll plant seeds and grow. That's why you got to grab it, take it. The Bible says, line it up to the obedience of Christ. In other words, you got to grab that thing, throw it against the wall and say, no, 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 no. This is not the Bible. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I am the healed of the Lord. By his stripes, I am healed. You need to speak to it. That's where we, that's where we fail. We entertain. You should be speaking. In the name of Jesus, fear, go. That's what you need to say. And then you need to replace those fearful thoughts with the word of God and stand on them. And then, of course, in the natural, you need to do what you need to do. Take care of your temple. Come on. You can't live like garbage and expect to have, you know, your, our body is dying. If you didn't notice that, we're getting older. Things are sagging. Wrinkles are coming. We're, 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 we're getting older. So there's natural things that we need to do, right? So do that. We don't just focus only on that, but we got to speak to the spirit because fear is torment torment. And fear is not a good place to live in. It's not my message, but I feel like God is just pausing here. Fear is tormenting. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. A Sound mind. So we don't, we don't entertain fear. No, no, and it's, it's under our feet. The devil's under our feet. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Come on. So we, we walk as Jesus walked, and Jesus didn't entertain fear. He was like, oh, this is bad. He said, no, no, go, and Jesus said, go. You got to speak to it. Speak to it. I'm serious. some of That's a word for some of y'all. You need to speak to that fear that's trying to entertain your mind and your house. You got to speak to it. No, you ain't welcome here. You ain't welcome here. My wife and I went through a health crisis a few years ago, where she did, but I was there with her, so basically a part of it, and it got pretty intense, and we had to constantly speak to fear. Why? Because it tries to show up. It'll knock on your door, and if you open the door, it'll walk its way in. It don't care who you are. It'll sit at your table and talk to you. It'll sit by your bed and be like, hey, you know your wife's going to die, right? You know your wife's going to die, right? You know what she's going through. They're not going to fix it. She's actually internally bleeding. You know that, right? Okay, great. What are you going to do about when those thoughts come? What are you going to do about it when you go to a doctor and all the doctors seem like they can't help you and they give you no answers, actually more confusion and you paid to see them. Oh, wow. This is the most expensive waste of time in my life. I paid you $400 and we're here for six minutes and you refer me to WebMD. That literally happened by the way. Yeah, I don't know. WebMD is a great choice. I've never been a cussing man in my life, but at that moment, some words, some words, just like, Wow. But what I'm saying is it was an intense season for our life and we had to speak, speak. Not how we felt, not what we saw, but we spoke, what does God say? And we worshiped. We lifted our voice. So here's, David's in a, in a cave. He's in a cave. And he begins to write a song. He chose to boast only in the Lord. You know what I love about this situation? This part is so great because David said, I will bless the Lord. You know what's so great? This thing is David did not wait for a good opportunity to bless the Lord. He made one. Ah, he made one. He said, I'm not going to wait for a great opportunity to bless the Lord. I'm going to make one. And some of y'all, you need to start making a moment. Some of y'all need to start making a moment to lift your voice. I don't care if you feel like it. I don't care if it's a great time. You got to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not going to wait for a moment. This is my moment. I'm not going to miss my moment. And now is the time. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. I'm going to magnify you this morning. Father, you're worthy. You're worthy. See, David made a moment. He made a moment. Some of y'all need to make moments at your house. This is not your only moment. You got to make a moment on the way to work. You got to make a moment in the morning. You got to make a mo- You got to make your house a sanctuary. You got to make your house a sanctuary. You got to turn off the music. Put on some anointed music. Make your house a house of praise. This is a house of worship. No, no, no. This is a house of worship. This is a house of worship. I'm telling you, it will run away all those things. David chose to make a song. He made an opportunity Say, I'm not going to wait for one. I'm going to make one. You're in a cave. Ah, I'm going to make one. Some of y'all need to make make it. You got to make time. It's a good time to bless the Lord. This is a great day to bless the Lord. You got to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord all within me, all my soul. Let us rejoice. Come on. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Who was affected by David's worship that day? Tell me. David was. Who was affected by Paul's worship that day? Paul was. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Is this helping you this morning? Good. It's helping me. Encourages me because I'm preaching myself too. Know that, okay? It's not like you. I'm like, man, I, I'm getting stuff and encouraging myself. So some of y'all, ooh, Here we at. One more. One more. We're not going to get through it all, but we're just going to get to where God needs us to go. So don't miss your moment. First name of verse thirty. This is when David. This is later on in his journey. He's now. Now notice it took thirty years for David. No, was it thirty years to become? He was thirty when he became king. Was it seventeen years? 17 years? It was 17 years from when he was anointed king until he became king. He became king at 30 years old. That's a long journey from what God said until what accomplished. So David was anointed king, and then he's running through the force after trying to save his life in the will of God. In the will of God, catch that, in the will of God. Some of y'all think when you f- serve God, it's all gonna be pretty. No, you're gonna have some trials and tribulations, but he said, be of good cheer, I have overcome. So you have, you have the knowledge that you're gonna overcome this if you don't lose heart. So this is not a doom and gloom message. I'm gonna say, hey, you're gonna have some trials and tribulations, the devil's gonna come and knock on your door, but guess what? Be of good cheer, you can overcome this, you can overcome this, you've got him inside you, right? So first thing, so here David, he comes to another spot, he comes to another spot, verse 30 and verse one, and it came to pass when David and his men were at Ziklag little paraphrasing, it David's on the run. He comes to this city. He stops at Ziklag. Okay, I'm going to mess up some of these names, and so do y'all, so let's just get over that, okay? And it came to pass when David and his men were king to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag was smitten, which means they, you know, forcefully destroyed it, and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Pretty intense. And had taken the women captive and that were therein. They slew not any either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. In other words, they came and stole all of their family. This is David's family, his men's family. When they were running for their lives, they ended up, because they were serving another king, the king, you know, told them to go back, and David was upset. so he comes back to his home, Ziklag, where he was, he gets home and finds out that it's been, you know, ransacked, set on fire, and all of his family is missing, How many would think that's a pretty intense situation if you come home today and your house is gone, family's missing, which they shouldn't be home, they should be in church, but you know what I mean? Pretty intense situation, right? Verse 2, and it had taken the women's captive. Verse 3, so David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept. And here Until they had no more power to weep. That's intense, y'all. I've never been in a situation like that. You probably will never either. But the point is, look what these people and these men of God are doing in these moments. Because we can apply them to our everyday life. They had no more power to weep. And David's two wives have been taken captives. Their names. Okay. Verse 6. I'm not even going to try. I tried to Google, you know, and it doesn't work. But here's the verse six. And David, verse six, let's go there. And David was greatly, what? Doesn't say he was depressed, so don't add that. Distressed. You know, Jesus was distressed. It says that he was distressed to the point of sorrow before he went to the cross. Which means, like, man, there's a lot of pressure on me right now. When you serve God, you're going to have some pressure because the devil doesn't want you to succeed. So... It's okay, but, but we're learning not to fall apart in the pressure. We can handle this. Come on, say, I can handle this. Because I, can, I, can I tell you something? Your miracle's in your mouth. And David was greatly distressed. Why is he distressed? It gets worse. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved in every man for his son and for his daughter. Bro, this is <laughs> intense. Not only is his family gone, now everyone is, all 400 of them are picking up stones and thinking about killing him. But David, where we at? But David sought counsel from everyone about his situation. But David got on social media and posted. No, but David dealt with all his issues internally and overthought every situation possible that turned into depression. No. David turned to alcohol. David turned to porn to deal with his issues. No. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What is this? your translation says strength in my new King James or the original King James, which is the real Bible. It says David encouraged himself in his God, what do you think David was doing, David was a psalmist, hello, I'm telling you what David was doing, he was having a moment of worship, he was saying, God, he was saying, God, these people are going to stone me, but Lord, I I thank you, I worship you, you're faithful, oh Lord, I had to get away from these, Lord, I thank you, you're faithful, you're going to bring my kids back, you're going to bring my wives back, you're going to bring all these people back, I'm going to encourage myself, I'm not going to sit here, because what would have happened if David just stayed in that moment, he would have died, but his mouth got him out of his moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. David began to worship God. David began to seek God. He began to encourage himself. And some of y'all need to start encouraging yourself. you quit. got to quit waiting to come to church to get encouraged. you got to start encouraging yourself. you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, God is not finished with you yet. God is going to move on your kids. God is going to move on your marriage. You are a woman of God. You are a man of God. you got to start speaking to yourself. You're allowing everyone else to tell you who you are. You're going everyone else to define your identity. And God said, I gave you identity. Speak to it. Come on. You got to start encouraging yourself. You can't wait for encouragement because sometimes they won't come. Thank God for encouraging moments, but sometimes they don't come. And God wants you. Because why? Because God is wanting you to have his word be all you need. Thank God for words of wisdom. Thank God for godly counsel. Thank God for people that can come alongside you and say, brother, you can do this. And we cherish those and we want those. But where we fail is we wait for them. And sometimes God is saying, I'm all you need. If more people could realize he's all we need, we'd have less trouble. That's why I don't need to be famous because he knows my name. That's the most important thing. He knows my name. He knows who I am. And no matter if anyone else knows who I am, I don't care because I'm not going to stand in front of them one day. I'm going to bow my knee before him. And it's gonna, only going to matter what he thinks about me, not what you think about me. So quick in your eyes on what people are saying to get your eyes on what God has said about you. David encouraged himself. And some of y'all, you got to stop coming to church just to get encouraged, which you will. But this is not the only place. God wants you to lift your voice in your own house. When your kids are going crazy, when your marriage seems like it's on the rocks, when divorce is at the door, you've got to learn to encourage yourself. God, what did you say? God, what did you say? Who was affected by David's worship that day? David was. Don't miss your moment. your miracle's in your mouth. Your breakthrough's in your breath. You can do this. Come on, we gotta begin to say, Lord, I'm gonna bless the Lord. What are you doing? I'm I'm getting out of myself. I'm getting away from myself. Remember we said worship will get you out of yourself. You can't fix yourself. That's why you need God. That's why worship is acknowledgement. Worship is saying, God, I need you. If more men would say, God, I need you, Man, I need you, God. That is the most greatest thing you can do for your family. They don't need a paycheck. They need a man of God who loves God. And when you love God, everything will come. That's what your family needs. I've been offered so many different jobs recently through the years. I'll pay you, and and the money always seems to be a funny thing, because sometimes I do some stuff with Nashville, right? And there's this guy, you know, hey, man, this church in California, they're going to pay you six figures. I don't care. Because when you're in your purpose, you'll do it for free because this is not my supply. He's my supply. Money doesn't motivate me. Purpose does. Because the greatest thing for my family is not to bring home six figures. The greatest thing for your family is to be in the perfect will of God for your life. That's what you need. I don't need a raise. I just need to be where God's called me to be. And if, he, if I'm where he's told me to be, then he'll give me everything I need. Anybody still believe that? They still believe that? David encouraged himself. Man, you got to start encouraging yourself. The miracles in your mouth. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. God is saying, by to, don't miss your moment. Take your limitations off these moments. The only limitations you have are the ones that you have built. You begin to think this is a time for him and it, it, it's a time for him. Yes, but it's also a time for you. It's also a time for you. It's also a time for you. It's also a time to get you out of yourself. You got to acknowledge God say, God, I need you. I need you. And men, I'm telling you, if we get like that, some of the itch- situations in our family would change. You got to quit changing your kids and let God change you. I'm not saying they don't got to do stuff, sure, but start with us, All right? We got to encourage ourselves. We got to encourage ourselves. Great opposition. Lord, I thank you. You're faithful, Father. You're faithful. I thank you. You're faithful, Lord. I'm not going to fix my eyes on this. No, no. I see this. I see this, but I know what you said, and that's why you got to be in the Bible because you got to know God's will. Because when calamity hits your life, the devil say, Yeah, no, no. It's not my will that. It's not God's will for me to die. It's not God's will for me to have. He's a good, good Father. And you want good things for your kids, right? And so you, when you know the will of the Father, when you can realize, no, no, this is an attack from the devil, I will not stand for this. No. So you got to get vocal about it. You got to get really aggressive about it. You got to get really vocal because the devil's very vocal. You got to encourage yourself. You got to encourage yourself. And if we read on, well, let me just read one more. It says, first Samuel 30, because what happened after this was great. You know, this, this, because, you know, you were what happened? Did he get everything back? Yeah. Verse 30. 30 verse 18, 1 Samuel 30, 18. This is great. After David acknowledged God, after David encouraged himself, what happened? And then David, okay, don't go there, just listen. It says, and David inquired about the Lord. He went to him. Notice David went to God. He went to the Lord, his God. We gotta go to him first. We gotta learn when, when good or bad, go to him first. David went to him, inquired about the Lord. The Lord gave him a plan. And then verse 30, 18, and then David recovered, verse 30, 18, 30, 18. And then David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing was lacking to them, neither great nor small, neither their sons nor their daughters, neither spoiled nor anything that they had taken from them. David recovered all. Who was affected by David's worship that day? David was, and his whole crew. Notice, too, when Paul and Silas got out of prison, who else got out of prison? All those other dudes with him. So let me just say this. Your worship is not just for yourself. Your worship can break the, the chains and open the doors in other people's lives. You don't know what abandoned worship can do for other people. Not that we do it for them, but it inspires people. This is good, guys. Don't miss your moment. David said in Psalms 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise him. What is your song? What is your song, Anchor Faith, Father Foster? What is your song? Now, let me just encourage you. This is not, again, this is not just a, music, a message for musicians. And let me, do not paint a picture. This is, we're not just to praise God in the bad times. We're to praise God in the good and the bad, at, at all times. That means when things are going good, you don't want to just run to God when there's drama. That's what, you know, sometimes the kids do, you know, or people do like always come to you when there's drama. Why don't we just go to God when things are great? Father, I'm just going to worship you. I don't need anything. I just want to come and say you're worthy. I love you. Thank you for giving me a beautiful wife. Thank you for giving me kids. Thank you for blessing me and giving me a house. Thank you for giving me a car. Right. Lord, just I just want to I just want to get up and say, good morning, Father. I love you. I don't there's no drama we got to practice that every day. Don't just run to God when things are bad. Now, he will help you, but run to him when just things are good because he really wants a relationship with you. He doesn't just want to be your bell-you-out daddy, which he will if we get in faith, but he's more than that. He's not a God in drama. He's a God of, he's everyday God. So we got to learn to lift our voice. Some of y'all need to do that in the morning. Turn off the stupid radio and just, just, Father, I worship you. I thank you. I'm telling you, it'll affect your day. It'll get contagious, begin to sing in the spirit, begin just to worship God in your car and lift your voice. No matter if you can sing or not, that is not the point. The point is to lift your eyes to the Lord and just begin to magnify him. And I promise you, it'll it, frustration, depression, uh, anxiety will just melt away. It works, y'all. It works because when you magnify him, it actually makes him greater. And you're actually getting your eyes' perspective of who he is, which he's already been at the whole time, but worship just all of a sudden magnifies. Wait, 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 God is great. God is faithful. Oh, he is God. He's still on the throne. It's gonna be okay. But if I stay down in my circumstances and talk about it and try to figure it out and crunch the numbers and just, ah, and then you, but I gotta lift my eyes to who God is and worship and say, Father, you're worthy. You're such a good, you are good. You are good. You're a way maker. You're a miracle worker. You are the promise keeper. You're the light in the darkness. That is who you are. And when you do that, I promise you in faith, everything else would just begin to fade away. That's how you need to start your day. Not with talk radio. You need to start your day with just worshiping God. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment, church. Worship was never designed to be an industry. Worship was never designed to be a movement. Worship was never designed to be a service. Worship starts with you bowing your life to the Lord. Worship was never meant to be in Nashville. Worship was never meant to be popular. Worship was never meant to be famous. Worship was never meant to be things. Worship is to God. Men have made it things that should not have be. We're about done. But I believe this is helping you. Because it's helping me. Piano man. Lovely man. Can you come play? I had a great time with your worship team yesterday. I looked at Pastor Mark. I was like, dude, this is great. You guys got a really good team. I spent all day with him yesterday, literally all day, (laughs) from 9.30 to 3.30, just investing in him and spending time with him, sharpening some things, all of us together. And uh, just play something in G for me. Nice pad. Don't go there, just listen. We said worship was not designed for trials only, right? the Bible. This is the day the Lord has made. I will what? Rejoice and be glad. Just hang on the one for me. I want to I might sing something. Just on the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hebrews 13, 5 says, let, Therefore, let us continually at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, confessing in his holy name. Ephesians 5 says, Be very careful how you live, but instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking in weather in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks. Scripture goes on and on and on and talks about the power of your voice. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I firmly believe that God wants to give some of y'all a song for your season. We begin to magnify the wrong thing.
0: And I'm not going to give an altar
1: call for this because I know everybody in the place who come down to this, including myself. Well, I might, we'll see. But we magnify the wrong thing at times. Let us at all times constantly offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. There's a, a verse in, um, 2 Samuel, verse 6. I'm going kind to of paraphrase it for time, but this is the time when David, this is our last verse, when David was, the Ark of the Covenant was coming before David in his city, right? And uh, I'll read it if you got it real quick. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 12. Sorry, I'm sorry, Second Samuel 6, verse 12. Now it, was, now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him, because the Ark of the God. So David went and brought up the Ark of God from the house of of the city of David with gladness, right? And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen, fatted sheep. Then David, what? He danced before the Lord in all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and singing the shouts of the trumpet. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Then David returned to bless the household and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and she said this, how glorious, she was sarcastic by the way, how glorious was the king of Israel today uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maidservants as one of the base followers, shamelessly uncovering himself. So David said to Michal, he said this, I love this, it was before the Lord. To say for you it's before the lord who chose me out of your father and all the house to appoint me ruler over the people of the lord and over israel therefore i will play music before the lord and i will be even more undignified than this and i will be humble on my own side. but as for my maidservant in other words those girls are going to be okay verse 20 therefore michael's daughter of saul had no children to the day of her death now what i'm not saying is that if you don't worship god you're not going to have kids I'm not even joking. I say that because that's not what I paint a picture that I'm trying to say. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think it's interesting that she became barren after she despised worship. So my question is this. Is it possible that some parts of our lives have become barren and that we do not give birth to the things God desires because we choose to magnify the wrong thing? Mikael chose to magnify the wrong thing that day. She began to magnify what David was doing, not what God had did. She began to magnify, David, what are you doing? And she missed to magnify the fact, oh my God, David! God has, has chosen David and God, and God has chosen David to be the new king of Israel. She forgot to magnify that. She forgot to magnify the fact that the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God was literally in her midst. She began to magnify the wrong thing and she became barren. She became fruitless. And I firmly believe that if we don't learn to worship God and magnify the right things, we will become barren with the things of God in our life. And we will miss out on the things that God has planned for us because we choose to magnify the wrong thing. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. I don't want to be fruitless. I don't want to have a barren life. I've seen some men who their lives are barren because they won't lift their hands. Our lives become barren and fruitless because we choose to magnify this instead
0: of this.
1: And we're closing. I'm not trying to take all day, but it's not about time frame. Because we can watch a 70, you know, some of you all watched Yellowstone for 16 hours. And we get in church and we want to go eat. And I'm really trying to help you. Your pastor's really trying to help you. Because if we can realize it too, or you don't want to miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Miracles can happen when you worship. Some of y'all don't even need to get hands laid on you. You just need to worship God and your healing will come. Notice how the atmosphere just changed. It's because of music. Anointed music. So we're gonna do two things because I wanna I wanna end it a certain way. I feel like the Lord is wanting me to end it. And this is listen I I'm not a preacher that says, bow your heads. and cloak. No, no, no. If you're serious about God, who cares who's looking? Because <laughs> I remember I was a teenager, I needed to get right with God. I had to come down. Years ago, when I thought I was living right, God corrects you. <laughs> you got to come to the altar. If you've been magnifying the wrong thing, come. If you've been magnifying the wrong thing, come to the altar. Come on. It only takes one and the rest will come. Now, if you're not, don't say this is not persuasive. I'm not trying to make you come. But if you realize, man, I've been having a habit of magnifying the wrong thing, come to the altar. There's more. Don't be embarrassed, because if you want miracles to flow, it's got to start with repentance first. Repentance opens the door for the miracles. Repentance is not a scary thing. Repentance means, I just got to change my thinking. We make repentance so like, oh, repent. Repentance is just, you know... I have not put things in your hand. I have magnified everything else but you. And Lord, today, whatever the date is, February twelfth for twenty twenty-three, I am gonna. I, I've got to start magnifying the right thing because I'm telling you, if you continue to do the same thing that you've always did, you will always have the same thing you always had. It's a time of repentance. If you come down, I just want you to repent to the Lord and just say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for magnifying the wrong thing. There's more. I'm, to, I'm to, just a few minutes. There's more. Just come, come on, come because you don't. Under, if God is desiring you to, if it's you, but this moment is going to shift some things in your life if you apply. It's going to shift some things. Some of y'all having some marriage problems. It's because you're magnifying the wrong thing. Some of y'all having health issues. It's because you're magnifying the wrong thing. Some of you are having anxiety and depression and anxiety attacks and stress and headaches and all these extra things. It's because you're magnifying the wrong thing. You're magnifying the wrong thing. Not every disease that you get is 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 because uh, of uh, food or every every issue you have. Sometimes it's because of anxiety and worry and stress. You cannot go forward until you get on your knees God says you can't go forward we got to learn to magnify the Lord so if you come down I just want you to be simple say Lord forgive me forgive me for magnifying everything else but you and today I, I repent and I say Lord I'm choosing to magnify but you got you to you say Lord forgive me you can't just say because here's the thing it's not going to get better until we repent first some preachers say that's all gonna work out. It's not gonna work out unless God is first in your life. It's not gonna work out. I'm, I can't stand preachers that say that, oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You know what? If you don't change, it's not gonna happen. We gotta live right. We gotta put God first. We gotta have our house be a sanctuary. We gotta magnify Him. And I'm telling you, we don't wanna miss our moment. If you've been missing your moment, come. Because today we're going to carry together a new moment. And I'm telling you, if you will apply this message for your day, I'm telling you, if you will apply it, depression cannot stand. Frustration cannot stand. It'll try to come. It will try, it'll show up at your doorstep, but you've got to worship it away. you got to say, no, 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 this is the house of the Lord. This is a house of worship. No, no, this is a house of worship. No, no, my, I don't care what your kids, tomorrow if they come home on crack. You no, know, no, I thank you. This is a house of worship because God's going to turn this thing around. God's going to turn this thing around. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to worship. Come on, Matt. Where's my drummer at? Come on, Matt. Because I'm going to worship. I'm going to lift
2: my voice. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to worship I'm going to worship you. I'm gonna worship you. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, and oh my soul, and worship his holy name. Six, and sing like never before, and oh my soul, I'm gonna worship his holy name. Gonna worship his holy name. I'm gonna worship his holy name. Hey, I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna worship his name. Yeah. Come on, the altar's open. Yeah. I'm gonna worship his name. Yeah. I'm going to worship his name, yeah. I'm going to worship his name. I'm going to magnify the Lord, yeah.
1: Spirit, what we got to do is we're going to kick this off. We're going to shout together. But here's the thing one second, just the one. You know, the Old Testament when they shout, walls came down. Now, this is not an emotional thing, but we're going to lift our voice in faith because it's not the volume. That breaks the chains. It's not the volume, it's the faith. Some of y'all need to learn to lift your voice because y'all have been barren. Listen, God is saying this. If you don't start to lift your voice, if you don't start to lift your voice, it's not going to change. know what that is in your life that needs to change. It's time to lift your voice. It's time to worship.
0: Can you lift your hands with me all over the room? Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website